lot of us uh, run around and do many things with families, but Ruth is always on her heart. There's many that just don't have families sometimes to run around with. That's why she always loves to open up our house. So it's noon to 4, July 4th. If you have nowhere to go, nothing to do, we don't want you to be lonely. Come to our house, 4245 Dogwood Lane, and we'll have a picnic together. Bring whatever I like. We c we'll talk about that later. So. Okay. Now, how many of you work? Let me see your hands. Okay. A lot of you work. All right. I have, a I have a song for you. You ready, Michael? We'll explain the song later. Here's a song just for you. Remember it? Some of our young people might not remember it, but there's words. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to Shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the street the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five did wonder about if some of you would get up and start dancing. All right, nine to five. Usually it's everybody's attitude about work. You know, it's kind of like not a good attitude. No matter where you work, 
Some of you, blessed, you like your work, but you're a very, 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 very small percentage. And what we do is spiritual, not natural. And I know that most of us never think of that when you go to work. Nine to five, making another guy rich. The Bible says, whatsoever you do. Now, you and I are supposed to be spiritually driven, filled with the Spirit of God, and we're supposed to be obedient to the Word of God. So it says, whatsoever you do. So your secular job falls into that whatsoever. Whether you like your job, it didn't say that. It didn't say if you just got your very first job and all you're flinging is hamper. It didn't say that. It didn't say anything. It just says whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Remember? Lord, Master, yes sir, bowing before Him. That's what this scripture is saying to you. No matter where you go to work, no matter how much you're hated, the lousiest job in the world, you always get it. They passed you over for every promotion, poor you. All that stuff, none of that's in here. It simply says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Say amen. Because that's good preaching. Well, that's good reading. That's all I'm doing is reading. Same scripture, a little bit more, New Living Translation. Simply says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that every morning you get up. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. And that the master you are serving is Christ. Not AT&T or whoever. It's Christ. 25 says, but if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back. How are you representing Christ on that 9 to 5 job that you mumble, grumble about all the time? It says, but if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. He's no respecter of people. So does your work matter? You better believe it. Does your workplace matter? Absolutely. You're probably more in your workplace than anywhere else in this world. Maybe than home. So again it says, whatever you do, whatsoever you do, you do it heartily as unto the Lord. That heartily means with great gusto. Vigorously unto the Lord, no matter. Yeah, but you don't know. It's not listed in there what you do. It doesn't say if you sleep floors or clean commodes. Do it unto the Lord. Is what this tells people who are spiritual. So this verse is not necessarily just talking about church work. It's a clear reference to all forms of work. All forms. Whether it's your marriage, raising children, or driving a truck. All forms. Or the king of the universe would not have said, whatsoever. Whatsoever you do. Do it heartily. Through work, God gives us the opportunity to give Him praise. And we are so... 
secularly or naturally minded, we don't even realize that through our job, we could be giving God praise. This stupid job. Next scripture says, in that he died for all. Did he not? Christ died for all. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Look what it says. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Who's that talking about? That's talking about you and I. He died for everybody, but those that live and know what true life is, stop living unto yourselves. Remember the scripture says you're the light of the entire world. Even at work. You see, we have this, this spiritual thinking and this secular thinking. If you're a missionary in Timbuktu, it's spiritual. If you're working at respect, that's natural. That's how, that's how we look, and, and we blow or miss opportunities all the time. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So stack the milk right unto God. That's spiritual. We miss so many opportunities, wonderful opportunities, because we are living unto ourselves and not unto God. I mean, we, why can't we see that ordinary work is important to God, no matter what you do? Raising children, washing the dishes, not even getting out of the house, building rockets, building bombs, driving a car, driving a taxi, giving money back at the bank teller. All that's important. That's whatsoever. And God says, you do this as you're working unto me. That's what he says to the spiritual people. We have a number that are now going to the armed forces. Do it as unto the Lord. As unto Almighty God. There seems to be like that that sacred and secular division in our brain. Bible reading is way more important to God than work. Where does it say that at? Prayer is really important, but work and going to school at best is just monotonous. Dull. No, no. Going to school is under whatsoever. Here's an example. If you get a job with IBM and they send you to Russia, the entire church would constantly lift you up so you could be an example, an evangelist in Russia. Even though you're playing with computers. But pray, we know that God opened the door because he's in Russia. Right? Is that thing working now? Good. Because I Keep that thought. Fire me up. Way to go, Joe. Joe, Joe. All right. A lot of you, well, no, maybe not a lot. Some of you might remember Ruthie's sister when she, she got a job teaching English in China.
Who remembers that? And man, we prayed like crazy for her. She was just teaching English in China. That's all she was doing. Well, I have a question. Who, if you're a teacher, I know Jess is, stand up. Who teaches in our schools? In any form whatsoever. Teacher. Administrator. Helper of some form. Okay. One, two, three. We have, they're, they're popping up all over the place. When's the last time you prayed for any of them? It's, it's spiritual. Thank you, teachers. It is. Now, if we send one of them to Russia, you'd be going, oh, Lord, help them. Take to those. Where they're going is probably worse than Russia. Understand, but it's in our minds that we don't even think to even pray for our teachers that are standing, that were standing to their feet just now. When was the last time that we truly interceded for a school and for those that go in? I know we pray once in a while, and maybe in the beginning we anoint them, and that's all fine and great, but sometimes it just kind of falls into this secular disease that we have in our head that we're infected, you're infected. Because when was the last time going off to work in five degrees in the snow that you think you're on a mission for God? Now you're going to that stupid job. That you wish you didn't have to go to. So I believe we have lost the sense that someone can be called to a so-called secular job. There's someone's called right now. <laughs> Guess who, Jess? <laughs> I saw Lenny hit the dirt. I know who. Oh, Lord, help us with this message. All right. We have lost. We really have. You truck drivers, when was the last time you really thought you're working for the Lord? No matter where you... And then if they send you to some route, you're oh, crying. Your day's ruined because you're going to somewhere where you didn't expect to go or wanted to go or it's the worst route in the world. God puts all kind of people in different positions. How about Joseph? He had a secular job. Genesis 39, 4 says, And Joseph found grace in the sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hands. And it came to pass from that time that he made him overseer in his house over all that he had, and the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. A secular job over a heathen nation. God put Joseph in charge. Now you think, well, if I was over a heathen, no, well, just read Joseph's life to get to that point. Okay? So some of you are on that journey that we talked about uh, last Sunday morning, the journey that you can be on to get to a certain point. And most bail out or quit. They look for that rest area and never leave on that journey. And so you don't become what God has, uh, is trying to mold you to become. And he'll use a sacred, sacred uh, secular jobs. He certainly will. How about Daniel? Daniel 2.48. And the king made Daniel a, uh, a great man and gave him many great gifts, made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon and the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel. That's what the Lord does. Again, reads Daniel's life so he could get to this point. 
We want to go from birth to ruler. How about Nehemiah? Would you like Nehemiah's job? Seriously, who would like to? I think there's people out to poison and kill me, and I need you to drink everything I'm going to drink before I drink it. That was Nehemiah's job. O oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee for thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. These are nine to five jobs. Working nine to five, putting money in someone other's wallet. Then God says, do it unto the Lord. Not to the man's wallet, do it unto God. But we think secularly, we think money in his wallet. Instead of the position and journey and the blessing that God might have in it for us. That's spiritual. That's us. So there are jobs in life that are just as strategic as what I'm doing. They are just as, maybe even more so. Because sometimes the ministry, you deal with a lot of issues in counseling and all that kind of stuff, but most of it, probably most of it is with people who should know better. You're in there with the rank heathen. Where pastors usually aren't anymore. It's so strategic what you're doing, and it's so important that the enemy has attacked it and has made it this dumb job. All I'm doing is selling shoes. Whatever it is that you do. Now look, your mere presence at the workplace should bring the presence of God into it. Your mere presence. When you walk into that rank heathen place, the presence of God should walk in with you. Whether they like it or not is not the issue. It's whatsoever you do. Whatsoever. It says this, 1 Corinthians 7, New Living. Now, I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. This is Paul. If a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. If a Christian woman has a husband who is uh, not a believer, and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. 14 tells us why. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage. If he's happy to live with her, but he's not serving God, then God says, as long as there's that godly influence, there's an unbelievable chance. Also, it talks about for the children, that they can have the, the things of God splashed onto them because of the believer, whether it's the husband. And what I'm showing you is how important it is that the person who loves God remains in the house because it will affect other. The same thing in a job. When you're the only one in the office. You won't melt. It's, it's, it's so vital. See, that's spiritual. Do you ever think that? You go to work, ask God to fill you with the Spirit of God, make your countenance glow, shine with the presence of God, and then take Him in the office with you. 
Because you just never know. Even when we don't see Him. Even when we don't feel it. He's working, the Bible says. God's working. He's working at your work. If you do the work He sent you to do there at that work. Instead of just this dumb job. The very way we do our work, people will tell the difference. And I used to get jumped on at my job all the time. Not because I was a bum, but because I would do above and beyond. I'm trying to be pleasing to the Lord. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. The most irritating or disgusting or Horrible statement I've heard all my life as a Christian. Attempting to serve the Lord. Coming upon a situation where they're talking to me and saying normally about hiring somebody and then that phrase comes. What is it? And they're supposed to be a... Shoddy work, ripped them off, whatever it is. That's what comes out. They don't say, and they're supposed to be a bank teller. I don't know what you want to say. But that's no, they, though they parallel right with, they're supposed to be a disciple of Christ. They're wearing his name, and that's the work they do for me. Should be above and beyond working unto God. That's spiritual. That's what you should be doing. But you need to realize, no matter where you're at, the Lord opened the door in order for you to have that job. No matter where it is. No matter how awful it is. No matter you got the job, yippee, 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 you went to work. Ooh, it's not what I thought. The Lord opened that door for you to work. Work unto Him. Work heartily and strong unto Him. And let Him do the rest. You bring a biblical flavor to people's personal problems. They'll look you up. You know they will. They will look you up when things go wrong. If you live it strong enough that people will understand and know, they'll notice. They'll be attracted to the light. Some of the most worst negative places in the world is the workforce. Everybody hates the boss. Everybody's cussing him out on the side. And for you to get in on that, you're foolish. Light in the darkness. God sees this horrible, horrendous place and he says, I'm going to send light there. And men love what rather than light? So you're not going to be popular. You could be spiritual in that darkness. You're expected to be. Nobody, hardly anybody, is getting saved in America. They're being reshuffled. This church, now this church, now that church. It's the same people, just different places. Where are the babies? Where are the born-again people? that are just coming to Christ. You have to have babies. 
1 Peter 3.15 says this, Sanctify, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. And it's always when you're not ready and you don't want to be that it comes across your path. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, they will ask you if they see that hope, that blessed hope in you. What's with you? Especially now with our nation wanting to rip each other's throats out. The divide is as deep as I can ever remember. Use these current events as an opportunity to stand up for Christ. Stand out. It's so easy to fall into the river and be swept with all the rest. Stand up in it. Face it all coming at you. The workforce is a tremendous field for you to be working in. It is the mission field where you're working. Is a mission field. Be saturated with the presence of God that you actually affect those around you. You can do it. You're called to do it. You're wired to do it. You should be filled with the presence of God to do it. You just don't do it. <clears throat> Exodus says this, And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hands, when he came down from the mount, Moses didn't know that his skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, they were afraid to come nigh unto him. In the presence of God, then he, he don't know it. He's not going, he doesn't know he's glowing with the presence of God. That's fairy tale stuff. But they looked at him and saw something special and different with this man. They should be doing that with you. Whether you play football on the team, whether you're, whatever you do, I don't know what you do. I'm looking at you and it reminds me of some of the things you do. You should be different. They should be saying, what's different about you? All you got to do now is smile. That's different. Right? Chalk that up. Oh, what's with you? All you're doing is smiling, right? Here's another one for you. Don't swear. And they'll be thinking, well, you, Mr. Clean, smiling and don't swear. That's how bad it is out there. It's perfect time for the church to be seen. You're the church. You are. This sits on this location. This is not everywhere. This is not in the mall. It's not on vacation. It's right here. It sits right here every day of the week. But you don't. You just simply out and out witness to them as the opportunities arise. And they will. Oh, they'll arise. But you'll say, oh, you might get fired. Look, you have to take the risk. You have to. You're old enough to remember World War II, most of you, I'm sure. I don't even know if they teach it anymore. But all those concentration camps, 6 million Jews, 11 million totally people died. 
My dad made it all the way to Dachau, told you that. He wouldn't go in. We got pictures of it. Oh, my gosh, it was horrible. And all the people that lived and went around everyday work, milked their cows, weeded their garden, raised their children that lived all around that, even when the ashes fell, were afraid to do anything. So 11 million people died. If I preach for an hour, and I won't, 6,000 people would have died and gone to hell. Not just died, died and gone to hell. It's time you take a risk. I don't know much about our government, what it seems like it does everything wrong now, but at least back then when they liberated those camps and all those people that were afraid to do anything and hid, pretended they didn't know what was going on, they dressed them up and walked them through the camps, walked them through the dead. Said, look, that's natural death. We're talking about spiritual death. They're all over the place. They're everywhere. Matthew says this, Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Leavened. Leavened is viewed in its tendency to affect others. You should be infecting others. Affecting, infecting others. You should be. That's why it's so important to me, to us, when our softball team plays, and we didn't play very well, we played by the rules, we kept our mouths shut. That affects others. Whether we see it or not, didn't help us in the one and laws. But that's, that's secular. That's natural. Not supernatural. Leaven, viewed in its tendency to affect others. You and I are called not only to be salt and light, but we are also to be active agents in spreading the gospel, like leaven spreads. Christians are in the right place to show people Christ in this nation. We don't have to have a powwow in a big meeting. So, what can we do? Just go to work and work unto God and be godly. Opportunities will fall at your doorstep to speak. People are afraid, addicted, lost, lonely, all over the place. Could there be a Zacchaeus in your workplace? Could there be somebody like Zacchaeus? And I'd have to say there is, or whatever reason, why are you there? God put you there. There has to be. You're not even looking at him. You're not even thinking about him because you got this stupid job again, and you were promised it, and here you are. You know the story of Zacchaeus, right? You should. Luke 19 talks about Zacchaeus. He was a small guy, a hated guy. It says, so he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass by the way. 
couldn't see. He was short, crowd. Jesus was walking by, heard about him, doesn't know a lick about him. So what's he do? He looks for a sycamore tree to climb. Could you be that sycamore tree? Is there a Zacchaeus at your work where you could say, come on, come on, come on, come on, get up, get up. Look. Could you hold him up? God needs sycamore trees. You don't need traveling evangelists. You don't need people sing before thousands. He's had all them. How about just a sycamore tree to help Zacchaeus see him? Can people see him through your job while you're on the job? Do you hold people up to see Christ even through the job when everything's going wrong? And I know they go wrong. One of the most interesting facts about sycamore trees is that they have the largest trunks by diameter of all American hardwood trees. Isn't that interesting? Broad and round at the trunk, normally three to four feet in diameter, can get to be ten feet across. Just think of how much weight you could hold. Not just one person. You could have all kinds of people, and you're trying to lift them up to see Christ. <laughs> Look, you see him? <laughs> on your job. But we work on ourselves. Stupid. Listen to this. Sycamore trees are also one of the tallest hardwood trees, usually growing anywhere from 80 to 100 feet. And how many people could see Jesus through your life? And sycamore trees are the easiest to climb. They just seem like they have ladders for print. 80 to 100. I see them. How many people you could lift up over the junk and the addictions of the world? Broken homes, missing fathers. And your job to lift them up, just be a sycamore tree. And a sycamore tree has to be planted by water. Has to have the Spirit of God in them, by the river, by the water, so it grows deep, wide, and strong, so it can hold the weight of others. Get up higher. Higher, Zacchaeus, do you see him? And Zacchaeus saw him, and Christ said, come down, I'm going to your house. All because of the sycamore tree. There's Zacchaeus, is at your job, you just don't see him. You look in the mirror and you see yourself. You see the job you didn't get, the promotion you didn't get, whatever. The dumb job you have, you always have this dumb job, and meanwhile Zacchaeus is going... Can't see nothing. Simple sycamore tree. Again, just as we wind down, 2 Corinthians 5.15 simply says, listen, he died for all. He died for Zacchaeus. He died for the one 
that everybody despises and hates. The most vulgar, vilest mouth person at your job. Every other word is F. He died for him. He died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them. Now that you live, you need to live your life for him on the job. Whatever that job is. Let's stand. You can live secular, or you can live spiritual, godly or natural, Christian or non-Christian. You're the one you're the one who decide. You do, you decide how you live. And to the Christian, God is saying, whatever you do, man, you work it wonderfully for me. You work unto me, not unto man. No matter what job it is, no matter how bad it is, you work it unto me and give glory to me. And the touch of God will come on your life and you'll be used by God. I'm not saying you'll be the most popular. Or you won't be, I'm not saying you're going to get that promotion if you just do this. No, I'm just saying that's what we're supposed to do. Live under God. Whatever we do. So I'm going to pray. We're going to have some music. Maybe you can take a minute or two, see, ten, whatever you want to ask God. God, you've got to help me with this. You truly got to help me. If you're here and you never even accepted Christ, you don't even have no idea what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about living for God. We're not talking about religion. Offer no religion at all. Religion is just a way of, to die. It's tradition. It's death. We're talking about a relationship with God. That God has wrote us a letter, tells us how to live even down to the job. And he says, work it for me. And if you're tired of your life, that's because you, like most of us, try to live our own life our own way, and it doesn't work. brings no joy, no satisfaction. Bring your cares to Christ as I pray. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord. And, and Lord, you have created us to be spiritual beings. Lord, you t- live inside of us. The Spirit of God moves in us, Lord. And God, it will do all this at work. You will anoint our eyes and ears. You will put us in positions, Lord, where we'll be able to maybe hear a broken heart or a lonely heart or an angered heart and be able to minister to it, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this church would step up in this day and age as our nation is being ripped apart, Lord, ripped asunder with hatred and division. I pray that the church would stand and stand strong in Christ's name. Our altars are open. Please come. Please spend some time in the presence of the Lord, asking God what you should do. Every one of you work. Every one of you have a mission field.